the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one sabrina nanji is here with queen's park observer matt gurney journalist co-founder of the line an online magazine that i have been reading of late i might add john burnside is here toronto city councillor who always brings a word on monday although there's so many freaking stories on the agenda i don't know if we're going to get to the one you would have had a word assigned to, but let's find out. Uh, Let's actually start with, um, actually, I love this story. Homeowners who have not had to bag their fall leaves in decades in Etobicoke are upset because that service has been cut. It's a savings of $2.3 million. I know I'm not popular, John Burnside, in Etobicoke this morning, but I've always thought these, these pocket privileges from the old cities that constitute now Toronto have got to come off the table. Yeah, and I mean, what I find a little bit ironic is that the the councillors who tend to want to preserve these services are also the most fiscally conservative at yeah. council. So it's we need to watch our pennies. Oh, but just not in my backyard. Um, the only the only uh, caveat to that is that we do encourage people to have trees. We won't let them cut down trees. We put all this pressure on people having trees, and then some do bear an unequal burden. Uh, I know someone around the corner from me, and I'm in. Mills, so we actually have to bag ours. That person had to do about a hundred bags of leaves, and if they got someone to to do, pick them up, it was about fifteen hundred dollars. So there is a bit of a burden there, but uh, I think more than anything, I just hate the hypocrisy at council. Yeah, well, and Stephen Holiday, if we can actually say the name out loud, if I say it three times, he might appear. Okay, uh, Matt Gurney, your thoughts. You know, I don't mean to make fun of the issue or the reporter, but I've been finding I'm having this experience lately, and I think some you've probably had some version of this, where you know I'm sitting in an airport lounge and I open my phone, and my phone kind of automatically like presents me a couple of stories, right? Like, hey, you might be interested in this, you might be interested in that, and it was Toronto residents angry about leaf collection <laughs> wedged in amid like ruin, destruction, allegations of genocide horrific bombing and I just thought to myself I don't know if the algorithm is trying to make a point about how incredibly pampered some Torontonians are but even if it didn't mean to it just did a really good job okay and Stephen Holiday is going to join us at 905 so there you go I can conjure people uh Sabrina your thoughts I mean give me a break I, I thought Jen Keesman actually had the best take on this when she said that if you know, this is the only thing that you're upset about on the housing front. You're you're doing pretty okay. And I think, you know, read the room. This this is a cash strap city struggling to make ends meet. Um, our shelters are bursting at the seams. Same with our parks and highway underpasses for that matter. Rent is getting closer to being unattainable. And if you're my generation, you pretty much can forget about even owning a home. So I think to complain about, you know, leaf pickup, uh, I, I just think it's it's a bit off the mark for me. I can understand why it's actually pissing off the households affected, but I'm not really shedding a tear over this one. Bag leaves like the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, I can I can certainly believe that if you've been cosseted thus far, that you're going to be upset about not being cosseted any further. But let's move on to another issue as concerns municipalities, and that is GTA shift workers who have a hard time getting the service, the public transit service that they need in order to get between their work and home and vice versa. Matt Gurney, apparently Toronto does a little better with the TTC because we have these night buses, but in some areas, the precise time that some person wants to get to shift work is when they're not going to be able to find a bus. 
Yeah, I, and you know, saying a minute ago that Torontonians are pampered, this is something I actually do have some sympathy for. We need to decide whether or not we're actually going to be the transit-oriented city we say we want to be. And right now, in the great Canadian tradition, we talk about it a lot, but we're not really following through. Toronto is, by North American standards, actually pretty good at this. We do have a fairly expansive bus network. Uh, having grown up in the 905, I can tell you Toronto is a lot better than our immediate immediate neighbors kind of around the periphery, but I still think if we're going to be a city where we tell people you don't need to own a car, or to be blunt about it, if we're going to be a city where it's too expensive to own a car, I don't care if it's a moral preference or a financial necessity, you need to give people the options here. And bus service is absolutely essential in parts of the city where, realistically speaking, we're not going to build out higher order transit within any of our human lifetimes. So. I would like to know what the hell we're doing here. Sabrina, it's also worth noting an awful lot of shift work doesn't pay particularly well, so these people have no choice but to use public transit. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, it's about time that we bring the GTA in line with most other big cities in North America and have round-the-clock reliable transit services. I mean, this is disproportionately impacting lower-income, working-class folks and people of color. And, I mean, Toronto is far from perfect, but at least there are transit options throughout the night. Uh, I think it's about time we we get moving on this um, because, uh, like, if you try and get an Uber or a taxi, like, in the middle of the night, it's, it's not cheap and it's not easy. And so, yeah, I think it's about time we, we get transit in line with the, the rest of the world here. Subways run 24 hours a day in New York City, but John Burnside, that's probably a big ask. Well, and they do, but in London, England, they stop at midnight and start at five. So, uh, you know, I also want to be... Because everyone's drunk. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Um, but, in, you know, I think it's more shame on Brampton because that's, it's really, they've re- they really uh, offer no service. They have overcrowded buses at when shifts end. Toronto's done a good job relative to anyone else, at least. 24 uh, different routes, three to the airport. They've maintained, and, and I'll give a little shout out to Rick Leary because he's under a lot of pressure. I'll say. Right? And, you know, and with keeping keeping routes going. And, and they did do that, and they've continued to do that. And so I th- I'd like to differentiate. It's not perfect. We know the TTC has a ton of issues, but I think Brampton is the one we really have to, uh, direct our ire at. Okay, what do we do with people who take unpopular positions on social media? And actually, let me play you some audio. This is a student at Durham College talking about how much she absolutely loves Hamas. I support Hamas. History is made that day. Very proud of my people. Very, very proud. Would love it if they would do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. No, they're not terrorists. I support every decision. And you know what? What they did was history. Very proud. History was made that day. Then there is an anesthesiologist at the Hospital for Sick Kids who basically called Israel evil. Matt Gurney, I suppose there are free speech issues, but there's also the issue of whether or not you want to be sitting beside these people. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, one of the things, and I wrote a column about this a couple of weeks ago, um, and as a, as a newfangled line reader, you might have read it. 
what I'm begging for here is a consistent standard. How many times in recent years when it was some white dude saying something monstrously stupid, have people pointed out that it was long past time that there be some accountability and that it's not cancel culture, it's consequences culture? Can we just make up our minds on this? Like, is there, if you say something grotesque and stupid online, in the case of the audio you played, that could actually be pushing up against Canadian criminal code uh, provisions against hate speech or expressing support for terrorism. I think the latter is more of a stretch, but hate speech, eh, I don't know. I think you could make that argument. But even if it's just a really stupid, insensitive tweet here, none of our employers are obligated to keep us on hand if we prove ourselves to be like li liable morons, which is basically the polite way of putting it here. I'm begging for a consistent standard. If I tweet something stupid, can I get fired or not? Just let's just make up our minds. Okay, Sabrina, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with Matt. The internet is forever, people. And what you say online can come back to haunt you. I think, again, read the room. Like, I think we have strong free speech and hate speech laws here. And I you know, do believe that critiquing the state of Israel is inherently not anti-Semitic, just as, I, as much as I believe that you're able to stand up and, and speak up for Palestinian civilians. But tensions are thick right now. And this, I mean, this last comment we just heard, it, it kind of, you know, straddles the line a little bit there. And we are, as Matt said, seeing more and more instances of social media comments getting people into trouble at work. And so I think that, you know, people need to be careful and mindful that the internet, what you say online, uh, your bosses might be reading it. And John Burnside, uh, there's a Calgary protester who was charged for shouting from the river to the sea. Then we have 1,500 Canadian writers who say, oh, just drop the charges against the people who spoiled the Giller Prize, as if the Giller Prize can be spoiled. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of this stuff out there right now, and nobody can seem to agree whether whether or not there's a penalty. Yeah, and everyone's falling down on one, falling on one side or the other, right? The classic uh, division of a society. Um, the students' comments were particularly odious, and not to trivialize anything, but that is my word of the day, extremely unpleasant and repulsive. Uh, but in terms of the, the anesthesiologist, you know, I, I was very, uh, my, my stance last week, which is consistent, is that it's okay to criticize a country, right? And he's like, you can criticize Russia. Uh, you can criticize Israel. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think we have to just sort of dial it back a bit uh, in terms of the, you know, the Giller prize and, you know, Hey, if they don't want Scotiabank and they don't want their money, well, move on. Yeah. Uh, I did see a very amusing tweet, and I don't know who put it out on the weekend. It said, nobody ever gets fired for criticizing Belize. Uh, okay. Gen Z, or Gen Z, apparently is getting out of the big city, and specifically uh, Toronto. And there are a lot of dynamics here. John Burnside, I'll start with you. I mean, it's not just the cost. A lot of people are opting for smaller places, quieter lives. You can work um, on locations, so it doesn't matter. You don't need to be in Toronto. Yeah, and, you know, it seems like all the social ills do come to the larger city. And I find that, especially in Toronto, like, everyone's so angry. Right, like I, and and when even when you're walking down a path, I walk my dogs on the East On Trail, as a matter of fact, and you know half the people they just have this angry look and they just walk right by you. you know, in the in the smaller towns, people are friendly. They say hi. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about where you live. And then of course the other problem in the big city is no one can even spell manners. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt Gurney, your thoughts on this one? Because 
I, you know, each generation is going to be different from the previous ones, and this one doesn't seem to treasure living downtown or you know the fancy condo. They they spend their money on other things, and they really don't care for the big city. I think just as an, an experiment, and it would be a really expensive experiment, but I think we should take 100 of these people who are telling everybody how much they love these smaller cities and offer them the chance to move absolutely free into a nice, big, detached Toronto midtown house, and I bet a lot of them would take it. And I'm not trying to say this as any kind of Toronto chauvinist. Believe me, I'm uh, to, to the councillor's point, I'm kind of annoyed a lot of the time, too, living here. But I think a lot of what we're seeing here is people rationalizing the choice as economic circumstances have forced them to make. Can't afford to live in Toronto? Well, you're going to find a way to tell yourself you never really wanted to anyway. <laughs> okay, Sabrina, <laughs> your thoughts? Yeah, I confess I might be one of those people with a grumpy look on my face these days, but you know, just throw it on the pile of reasons people are leaving Toronto, right? I think affordability is is the main cause but also mental health you know work-life balance these are things that people are prioritizing and that toronto is not meeting the needs of so i think this is a big warning sign people are going to be leaving toronto and i mean we're already seeing downtown offices sitting empty uh yet it still takes an hour to to get anywhere in traffic so i think this is the beginning of a much bigger problem for the city although john burns said i will point out i'm one of those people who walks down young street with a big smile and nods at people and everyone thinks i'm nuts <laughs> and welcome to Toronto. That's that's the way it is now. If you're if you're happy and you're smiling and you say please and thank you, you are the minority now. Thank you, everybody. Sabrina Nanji, Matt Gurney, and John Burnside. Catch the round table. Round one at seven forty-five. Round two at eight forty-five. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk ten ten Toronto.